Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. We're glad you're joining in and we are interviewing Dylan Johnson today. Thank you, Dylan, for joining us. Hello, interwebs. Yeah. Welcome to Spirituality Adventures. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. So uh, I've been doing this now for a little over a year and uh, one one of, yeah. So I've interviewed mental health workers, faith leaders. Um, I've interviewed uh, CEOs. I've interviewed a bunch of musicians and a Mm -hmm. a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the the top independent musicians. I've, I've interviewed a couple of, uh, two or three rap hip hop guys in the rap hip hop community in mm-hmm. Kansas city. Um, so, uh, so I, you know, you know, me, I've loved music, music for a long time, oh, yeah. even though I can't play or sing. <laughs> so knows, I, man? You still got yeah, time, though. I'm like the yeah. ultimate fan. Right. So at any rate, Absolutely. but always been a fan of yours, Dylan. Well, and, well I appreciate uh, the love. Thank ever you. since, uh, ever since I first heard you drum, I well, was, I was a big, I'm a big fan of you, bro. So it goes, goes either way. Yeah. So let's, um, let's introduce yourself to the audience. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of let people know where you grew up and, and, uh, how, maybe how we connected early on. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I'm Dylan Johnson. Um, most people know me as a drummer. Um, (laughs) but, um, no, I, uh, Lord. I was born in Shawnee, Oklahoma, out of all places. Um, I moved uh, quite a bit as a kid. Um, my dad's work, um, you know, kind of beeped off, bebopped around town quite a bit or the nation, I should say. And, um, but home was always Kansas city. That's where my family's from. My mom and dad are actually from St. Joe, um, and met up there. Um, as uh, teenagers, I believe, I think my mom was just getting into college. I think she was a freshman. So, um, but yeah, they uh, got married, obviously had me and then all that jazz, but which I went backwards on that. I'm kind of going back in time, but, um, but yeah, so grew up in Kansas city. Um, very, I mean, parents, amazing, amazing. You couldn't ask for better parents uh, still same way. You know, um, I love my family to death and uh, you know, we grew up, um, and uh, I, I was raised in a family of drummers. My grandpa, um, which actually, hold up. I got, I got it. My grandpa right here oh, sweet. was wow. part of the Gay Warren Trio. And they all, um, they all. Uh, awesome. Yeah, they all played um, together. And um, he Very bought a cool. drum for set. Those, for those who are listening, Dylan just showed us a picture of his grandpa. So yeah, cool. 
Awesome. But and he was the drummer. With them. He was a drummer. Okay. And um, he, he's got pictures of him as a little kid to where his eyeballs are just above the a bass drum, <laughs> you know, looking over it. And it's got all these cowbells and everything. But my grandpa likes to take a lot of pride on that one. You know, it's like, yeah, I started the drummer thing, which he did. He did. I can't I can't take that away from him, you know. And um, so music was always in the household. My uncle played drums and was obsessed with sound. He was the guy that would like throw house parties and then connect all the speakers around. So the whole house was listening to the same song, you know, at the same time. Mm. So you had that side. And then you had my dad, who was, uh, you know, played as well. And, um, you know, all my cousins, everybody have played at some point. But um, I was the one that I became absolutely obsessed with drumming when I was in second grade, we moved to um, pass for Wyoming during that phase of my life where we were moving quite a bit. And, um, you know, I'm, I was, I remember like trying to figure out who I was even back then. Um, I've always been very conscious of, of that, I guess, like, you know, how am I developing? I'm always a self-help like self books and all that, you know, I'm always curious about my state of mind. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of tough in the beginning, you know, you're getting to know so many new people and it's that weird phase in life where kids are kind of not being cool, you know? And, um, for me, I, I went, the drum set was set up in the downstairs and, um, I remember I was like, man, this looks really, this looks really cool. And, uh, I would always see my dad playing like Rush videos or Van Halen or Phil Collins or whatever. And we had like music was always on in the house, always on. And I just started, I just put on the headphones and I'd just be like, like absolutely hooked. Just immediately from the get go, the process of trying to figure out a song, like just by the sonics of it, I was like, this is it. And I remember the first like album that I was listening to was the balance album by Van Halen, which nobody listens to, <laughs> but it had that like this, it sounded like chanting, like tribal chanting in the beginning. Oh, we, oh, we, oh, we. And it would always freak me out as a kid. The thing I was like, you know, I'm going to stick it through because this song's cool. And I want to learn the seventh seal. And um, that's where it all started. Um, you know, the whole passion, like I would come home and immediately that's what I wanted to do. Um, and so I did that. And then we moved back to Kansas city a couple years later and I started taking drum lessons for, from, uh, Dr. Dennis G Rogers. What up Dennis? Hey Dennis. Literally <laughs> one of the best educators and most importantly, one of the best kind of people, um, that you can yeah. ever meet. Um, yeah, let's not, take a, yeah. let's take a second and talk about Dennis because, um, yeah. you know, I met, Dennis is, I don't know how old Dennis is. Mm -hmm. I'm 60. My dad's 86. He's getting, he's getting up there. I, um, I think Dennis he's a couple of years ago between my know, dad's age and my age, because I, the church I grew up in mm -hmm. in Kansas city was Park Hill Baptist church. Mm -hmm. And Dennis went to Park Hill Baptist church mm -hmm. when my family went to Park Hill Baptist. So my dad has known Dennis Rogers for decades. Man. And, uh, and then, and I only knew him really through my dad. I know we'd yeah. met and he's followed my path, you know, through mm -hmm. the years. But, you know, after after we got Vineyard going, you know, every drummer that I had, it seemed like, <laughs> you know, from Brandon. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. You know, to, I can't, you know, just like drummer after drummer, after drummer, after drummer, you know, all, all worked with Dennis, you know, absolutely. He he was like the guy. (laughs) Dennis, um, his enthusiasm for what he loves to do is absolutely intoxicating. Um, I started, you know, my dad actually went to Missouri Western uh, university where Dennis taught, Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so my dad knew of Dennis and, uh, he immediately sent me to Dennis, which God, I think, I thank God, you know, um, and Dennis just, he was, it's so weird as a kid seeing like, man, I see something of me in this person. And what it was, was that, that passion. I was like, I, he's the exact same way as me. You know, he's what, doing all this drum set stuff. And then he's like, no, 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 but we got to do all this other stuff. Like here, I'm going to show you like the rules in quotations of drumming, you know? Um, and he gave me the educational background that I was lacking. Um, but not only did he do the whole drum thing, I mean, obviously it's a given that, I mean, Dennis has impacted so many people's lives, whether they're musicians or not, it's incredible. But there, I mean, there's guys out there that are playing professionally. There's guys who are teaching. They're all over the nation right now. I mean, I go everywhere around the country. I went to Santa Monica the other day and my buddy um, was talking about, he was taking from one of Dennis's students. I was like, this is crazy, you know? Wow. And his legacy is absolutely yeah. incredible. Pretty and, amazing. Um, but the thing with Dennis, though, is he, he was a man of God as well, um, still is. And, you know, during that point, I wasn't interested in any of that. I was just interested in myself and making myself a better drummer and look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, which I think every musician kind of goes through that complex from one time or another. Um, especially in your youth, when you're starting to like get, you know, like, Oh, I'm getting good. Like I <laughs> think you're getting good, but you know, he taught us way more than drums, you know, by watering others, you water yourself. Mean or nice. The truth is the truth. It's just the plain truth. Um, you know, by moving one stone a day, that big boulder that you see over there will be moved to the other side of the room. Um, it, there was a lot of biblical concepts that were taught to me that I had no idea were being taught to me. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't, it was intoxicating. That's the exact word about it. And every, uh, facet, I was just like, man, like, dude, like, how can I do this? Like that was, that was the thing. He was the example of like, wow, this guy's doing music. He loves what he does. This is exactly what I want to do. I remember being like, I was always a kid. Like I, I still, I guarantee you my mom and dad still have papers that I wrote on. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? I'm like, I'm playing drums, you know? Um, and people think you're crazy, you know, at that age, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, it's just phase. And then high school hits and then people are like, man, he's really just doing this all the time. And then college hits. And then it's like, well, we need you to get to conservatory land. This and this and this. But um, yeah, Dennis is, yeah, I, I'm so grateful, lucky, and blessed to have Dennis in my life, um, to have that influence. Um, and, you know, I am so honored that I get to carry on his legacy. I say the exact same things to my students that I have now that I teach. Um, it's kind of crazy seeing it come full circle. 
Yeah. A lot of times I'm like, oh, wow, this is like I had a kid the other day. It was the same situation. I remember being in with Dennis. I couldn't get this thing and all that. And, um, you know, he, he just wanted to give up and he wasn't listening. I was like, to learn one must want to be taught. I was like, oh, my God, I I am Dennis Rogers right now. This is crazy. <laughs> Full circle moment. Uh, you know, I was like, OK. Um, but, yeah, Dennis, I have nothing uh, but the highest um, yeah. How were you when you started uh, lessons with him? Um, it was going into sixth grade, I believe that okay. summer. Yeah. And then and how that, long did you uh, work with him? So I went all the way. Um, so I went to college. Did you go to so Missouri Western? I went to Missouri Western. I That's did half I of my degree. Yeah. Um, music ed degree. That is what I was going for. I was doing like anywhere. I think it was. I think it was 21 credit hours a semester and I was commuting back and forth. I was playing like three to four times a week. I was at church playing and I was teaching my own kids. Um, and it became a lot. I was like, what in the world? And then right before drumline camp, I was like hearing, no, no. And I was like, what in the world? And it was the worst conversation I had to call Dennis and it's, oh man, I still, oh, the, that conversation was, oh, broke my heart. Um, but I was like, I think God's telling me like, I need to, I need to stop because I was looking at my life. And I was like, I'm doing what I love to do right now. I'm teaching, I'm playing. I want to see where this goes. College will always be there and I can always go back to that. Um, but I was like, I'm going to see where this ride takes me, you know, mm-hmm. kind of take a little bit of a risk and all that. Um, and that's what kind of really started off the big yep. journey, I guess you could say. But yeah. How, when did, well, how old were you when we crossed paths at, at Vineyard Church? When, how old so, I, I mean, do you want me to go through the story of how I came to Vineyard? You, yeah. I'd love, Cause I, I don't, I don't, uh, things like that. I've had, you know, yeah. I don't know all those stories sometimes. Yeah. So, um, I was in a band with my friends when I was, it was just out of eighth grade, I believe. Um, and we were really going hard at it. Um, I met my buddy, Kyle Samino, very, very talented guitar player. One of the best still to this day that I've ever played with. I mean, he's so talented. What's up, Kyle? I love you. Um, <laughs> and, um, we started doing Van Halen tunes. And so we had a band and we were, we were playing like opening up for like grand funk railroad and all types of stuff. Uh, we're playing in junction city, Kansas out of all places at the generals minor league baseball games. And we play in the beer garden (laughs) and we thought it was the coolest thing. We're like, we're getting paid like a hundred to 150 bucks to jam. And they're setting us up with hotel rooms. Our parents were coming out. My uncle would bring out his huge PAs and all that. (laughs) <laughs> and it was just a great time. But then, you know, as bands do, you have disagreements and we, we were kids, mm-hmm. you know, and that crumbled. And what happened was, you know, I put my identity in what I did, um, which is a very, very dangerous thing to do. My identity was drunks. I let it become who I was not what I do, you know? And, um, I was so lost. I was like, man, like we were going for it. And now I'm like, I'm just a guy, you know? And so I went out, I'm like, 
ah, screw it. I'm going to go make my own band, you know, you know, you're all bitter and all that. And it's so high school, middle school sandbox drama, you know, it doesn't matter at all. And um, I reached out to Ryan Rancudo and Zach Horde. Okay. Zach Horde um, totally blew me off. <laughs> how did you, know those, how did you know those guys? Um, so I just knew them because they played music, you okay. know, and I saw Ryan on my bus and I knew that he was writing songs and all that. And what high school Ryan, were you going to? What high school? Uh, you- I met Ryan actually. The first time I met Ryan Rancuda was when I was at Lakeview uh, Middle School. And then we went to Park of South together. Okay. And um, so I reached out to Ryan and Zach and Zach, you know, Zach's is Zach. I love Zach, man. He's one of my favorite people. But um, Zach, you did blow me off. It's all good. I still have the Facebook messages to prove it. (laughs) Back in the day. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but, uh, Brian Rancuto, I hit him up and I was like, man, like, dude, let's like, let's jam. And he came over and it started that. And I need to then, get Ryan on here. I haven't, yeah, I did, oh, yeah. Ryan did a, did a, a, an event with me back, uh, in April of last year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I need to get him on here. Anyway, go oh, ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no, so you and Ryan are jamming. Yeah. So, uh, Ryan's one of my best friends, by the way. Um, Ryan, um, I mean, he started playing. He's like, Hey bro, um, you want to play at church at the youth group? And I was like, yeah, you know, cause at that point I really was like, I was an atheist. Like I, I did not believe in God. I remember, I can even remember vividly. I was in my dad's old, like tan chair in the bedroom. And I was like, dude, this God thing is stupid. He does not exist at all. Like this, these people are being manipulated or manipulated if I could talk. And I just, I'm not buying it, you know? And, um, that was probably a year before I met Ryan. And then we started jamming and I was like, you know what? I have no other musical place or outlet. I guess I gotta, I gotta go here. <laughs> and I walk into vineyard and I'm like, dude, this place looks dope. Like uh, it, it looked like, you know, you had the diner seating in the youth room. There was instruments and a drum set. And, you know, for me, I, before that, I only went to church a handful of times before that. And I was like raised with, uh, you know, biblical values and morals. So it wasn't like I did, I was unaware of those or like a horrible person. I just didn't believe in God, but you know, my, uh, I would see my um, cousins get confirmed and we had to dress up and then this kneel down, up, down, up, down at, you know, Catholic church. And then, my parents are like, you know, my dad came from a Lutheran background and I'm like, what in the world? These people in robes up here, like, what is this? Like, and why do I have to dress up? Why is the music always, oh, which I, I've gained a huge appreciation for now. I actually right, go to right. like old school churches now just for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is funny. But, but yeah, man, I, I was like, this is crazy. I walked into Vineyard and I was like, this is way different. And then I started meeting all these people and um, playing there. And I was really enjoying just hanging out. So community, who would have thought community could change your life? (laughs) Uh, But I went to a summer camp and um, the whole time I was fighting it the whole time. I I was feeling it the whole time. I I don't know how to describe that feeling, Um, but it was definitely something spiritual. And I was like, why do I feel like I'm always going to cry right now? 
you know, kind of thing. And I was like holding it back and it was the last day of camp. And I remember I was sitting uh, next to Grant Beers okay. um, and Spencer Hansen and Ryan Rancuto were playing just guitars and were by the fire pit out there. Okay. And good Lord, I, I had the, the most amazing, crazy experience of my life right there. Mm. I felt absolutely just. Mm. And that, yeah. And then that was like, you know, I'm looking at Grant and I'm crying. I'm like, Oh my God. And he's like, dude, this is great. This is great, man. You know, like, and because the thing is we weren't really talking at all. Like we were right. just kind of sitting there and it just happened. And I, I, I really did feel the presence of God. That's the biggest way that I can describe that. Mm. Um, which is honestly completely, I can't describe it, you know, um, but that changed my life. Um, mm. It absolutely changed my life. I was so like, wow, like, like the feeling of like absolute peace, joy, and love at the same time to like the million of whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and you're just like, this is crazy. And for me at that moment, I remember like, you know, all the politics, all the church BS, all that, it does not matter. Like what I just experienced. Wow. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. And that is power. Mm-hmm. And I know that it holds power. And, you know, yeah. at the time I didn't know it was the Holy spirit, but that's exactly what it was. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is still, you know? Um, but yeah, and that's how I got to Vineyard. And then I started driving a car. So then, you know, Kurt Bartlett's like, Hey, you know, let's get some peeps uh, coming over here. The younger crowd, you know, started playing there and Kurt, you know, for the first couple of years, chewed me out, which is the best thing he could have done. Thank God. Kurt helped me <laughs> become the player that I am today with Steve Jones as well. And Jeremiah tool, all those guys and tons of other people mm-hmm. have vineyard shaped me musically and spiritually. I mean, mm-hmm. you being one of them, you know, I remember like you were the first preacher or pastor or whatever that I remember like, wow, this, like, this guy is like speaking real stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like I relate to this, but I like, I'm a, it was like a we thing more so than somebody is just like, Hey, you need to do this and repent and blah, blah, blah. I was like so fascinated with the style of church. Cause I've never experienced it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, that's how I got into vineyard, you know, and that's how I arrived and I had no idea about it, but there was like so many people praying for me during that camp. I feel like that had a lot to do with it and everything. Um, was mean, that high school? Was that like, yeah, it was, it was probably ninth, 10th grade, something like that. I or? think it was like, I think it was ninth grade, like getting mm-hmm. into ninth grade. I think that mm-hmm. summer, I believe I could be wrong. I can't remember. Um, but I, I think I was 15 at the time Yeah, because I couldn't drive. I don't think, Okay, um, but yeah, that's how I got into involved in vineyard. And then, you know, doing the youth stuff. I did that for a while. I've always had a really big passion for youth ministries um i've done them at multiple different churches um i don't care about pay or anything like that who cares um but you know i believe it's important because i mean i was saved during that age and all that and it's just amazing to see um something so real you know kids are so honest and so real um and for them and they're less like yes they're easily manipulated in a way but they're not Mm -hmm. they they're 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 conscious of what's going on and very 
you know, careful. So it's very interesting to see that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Who were your, who were your favorite drummers that you look, that you looked up to, um, your, maybe your top three that really, really influenced you, like where you would just sit and listen to their drumming for hours, you know, kind of thing. And can I do like what started (laughs) me off? Can I do three that started me now? Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Okay. So obviously Neil Peart from rush, I was absolutely fascinated with him. Um, the guy that got me started was Alex Van Halen though. Okay. Me and Kyle would watch live without a net and right here, right now, those, those concert live concert videos religiously almost every weekend Hmm. because we were trying to learn those songs. And I remember watching that drum solo and I was like, yep, that's it. That's it. That's what I want to do. That's exactly what I want to do that right there. Um, and then, I mean, yeah, that, and gosh, honestly, probably the next one would have been Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. Those are the first three that I remember playing records, um, and just pocket oriented stuff. Now, um, Benny Greb, Aaron Sterling, um, Benny Greb is uh, just solo guy. Aaron Sterling plays for John Mayer and is a session cat. I mean, those guys are legends in my opinion. And um, honestly, Dennis Rogers, bro. Like, he still <laughs> inspires me. That's I mean, great, I, great. I have books, I have everything. Um, you know, I, in my plane, I, I always think of Dennis. Hmm. So, and I feel like that that's perfect. You know, that's where it should be. You know, that's but, cool. Good stuff. So, yeah. So you, after your, after you decided to, you know, um, not do, co- not finish college. So you're mm-hmm. at Missouri Western, you tell Dennis yeah. that, you know, you're, you think you're going to, you know, I can come back to college, but I really think I want to pursue. So, so catch us up, you know, tell us where you went from there and bring us from that point to now. So I did the classic quick college thing. And then, you know, sleep in really late for two or three months. And then I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And so uh, at that point, it was the point where I started thinking like, oh, I need to hustle and achieve things that I want to achieve. No one's going to, there's no schedule anymore. This is absolute, complete freedom right now. Um, So I just filled it up. You know, I was still doing church, did all that. And uh, I played for a corporate band in the Kansas City area, um, Patrick Flint's band, um, which a lot of guys at Vineyard and all around have played for at one point or another. I started doing that because Zach Ward recommended me. I actually had the audition at the church. Hmm. And I started doing that. I think it was like 19. Yeah. And um, is he the one? uh, Matt's Cox is in the background here. Is, mm-hmm. is he the one that put together that wedding, those wedding bands, Matt, mm-hmm. that, uh, that what's, what's yep. the gal that I interviewed? Yeah. Uh, oh gosh. I'm blanked on her name now. Um, I interviewed a wedding singer gal. Okay. Who's, who's kind of doing her own stuff. I wonder who it, um, Matt will come up with her here in a minute, but yeah, she, uh, and she plays, she's one of the main singers for one of uh, Patrick's okay. wedding bands, which yeah. they're incredibly talented. Oh my God. Yeah. No, the, the, the girl's vocals, musicians. the scouts vocals are just amazing. And she went to Park Hill South. I bet I'm sure you know her. Who is it? 
Help me out, Matt. Um, I'm looking. He's looking. Oh, is it Rachel? Yeah. McMill. Uh, yeah. Rachel, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last name? Mc, McMillan. McMillan. Yeah, Rachel she, McMillan. She graduated a year after me or two years, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I interviewed her and... Uh, she's a great singer, man. Man, she's got some vocals. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At any rate. Yeah, that's where I, you know, so I didn't know the Patrick Lentz connection that you guys had. Yeah. Then, yeah, at any rate. So... I did that for nine years okay i think uh we did bars at first and then he worked his way up to doing corporate events and weddings and now he's doing some really extravagant ones i was extremely like i that is where i was able to hone my skills you know they're four hour gigs you're playing all these sets it's like okay cool you have some leeway to kind of do Mm -hmm. your own thing every once in a while and test things out and that's kind of where I like, uh, and same with vineyard is where I own skills at. Um, but I did that for a really long time. Um, I thoroughly, uh, enjoyed the experience, but I knew that my time was coming to an end there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I was doing all this stuff in Kansas city. I, you know, I was teaching recording sessions, everything. And I was like, I feel like I'm stuck. Like I'm, I'm feeling like I'm plateauing. And for a couple of years, I had that feeling and, you know, I always wanted to move to Nashville, but I was just living in this state of fear of the unknown, which is very weird because normally I'm the guy that's like, oh yeah, whatever, you know, like, let's do it. But for some, it was just such a big thing, um, like moving to Nashville, you know, and Throughout like all this stuff, I, I started doing like 50, 50 from Kansas city to Nashville. I decided that, Hey, I'm going to try this out. I want to see what's out there. And, um, I did some stuff. Uh, I got hit up by the Swan brothers. I did, you know, some auditions with them. And that was like my first introduction to the town. Everybody was so cool. The level of professionalism, I was the least qualified person in the room, which was great. I was like, awesome. This is exactly where I need to be. I need to be the guy who knows nothing and is learning everything. Like I didn't come to Nashville for the big gig or anything of that nature. I came to learn and grow. Mm. Um, that was the main goal. It wasn't, I, it wasn't because of the big gig or anything, you know, it would that if it comes, which I guess in some way it, it has, um, that's great. And if that came along with it and I could do that, cool. But it was not about that, um, it was, you know, or fame or blah, blah, blah. I just wanted to see how far I could take what I love to do. You know, mm. for me, I mean, you, you're, you're in a town, Nashville, gr- great recording artists, great mm-hmm. recording going on there. Right. So mm-hmm. you could find some of the best people Absolutely. on the planet, basically. Oh yeah. And some of the best people are still in Kansas city though. You Mm -hmm, know, they're not mm -hmm. all here and I'm I'm not going to act like Nashville is the be all end all. Um, but this is where music happens. You know, Mm -hmm. this is where copyright, I mean, there's a music row for a reason. It's literally Mm -hmm. nothing but studios, lawyers, anything, contracts, anything you can think of is right right there. And, um, the city is, you know, the two biggest things in the city is music, obviously in the medical field. Mm. here so there's a lot of people here there is a lot of people but they're like-minded people 
you know, the group of guys that I live with, we're all touring cats and we all have the same dreams, inspirations, and we want to learn and grow and continue it like to be lifelong students. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, great. Yeah. So I moved, um, I decided to move to Nashville. How long ago was that? Yeah. Almost two years, almost two years ago. Um, I moved to Nashville a couple weeks before the pandemic hit. Okay. (laughs) Um, and, um, uh, uh, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I moved here. I was already kind of like, you know, just, you know, it's a big thing. I'm moving away from my family the first time because all my family's in Kansas city. I love all them to death and, um, moving away from my friends, but I viewed it as like, Hey, I'm going to double my family. That's what I'm going to try to do. I haven't lost any of the relationships in Kansas city. I still hang out with those guys, keep in Mm -hmm. contact, but I was like, I'm going to come out here and double my family. And, um, you know, I utilized the resources that I had. I was working for Jack Spooner at paradise productions for a while, helping them out. Um, and they were totally cool. Like when I got the job, I told them, I was like, Hey man, in the next couple months, I'm moving to Nashville. Are you okay with that? And, you know, he was so cool about it. And obviously COVID hit and things happened and all that. Um, nothing bad or anything. Right. Just, you know, um, lost that. And um, I'm sitting here in a new place right here where I'm at um, in Franklin. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, there, there's no gigs, no tours. There's nothing. Yeah. What am I going to do? Right. And, um, you know, I made it work. And then, you know, I got a job teaching at School of Rock. Um, which everybody told me was going to be impossible. Hmm. Um, in know, Franklin? Uh, in, or in downtown? So I live in Franklin, but I teach yeah. at the Nashville School of Rock. Okay. And I love teaching. I love my kiddos. Um, it's been an absolute joy to work there. And I continuously work there even through tour season, which I'm extremely grateful for. And, um, you know, I was like, there's things that just kept on pushing me like, okay, you got to stick this through. You got to stick this through, you know, like leaving was not an option for me, Mm -hmm. even though it was really hard. But the thing is all of us were going through it together because I moved into a household with touring guys, you know? Mm. So we're like, okay, we're going to get through this and, um, start teaching. Everything's looking up. And, um, I am in, uh, let's see, Fort Myers, Florida on a little vacation, like a three day vacation. Cause I needed to get away and clear my head and with my, my best friend, um, Tim Albright. And I get a call and it's like, Hey, um, hi, uh, Colton Dixon, he's a drummer. And would you like to do it? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, great rehearsal start. Uh, when you come back, I was like, okay. So I had like a couple of days really to get the whole set done and all that. And, um, got dinner with Colton and all that. And, um, ever since then I've been playing for Colton Dixon. So it's been about six months, six months doing that. Um, maybe a little, yeah, about that. And tell um, tell our audience for those who aren't familiar, like about this, the band that you're playing with. Yeah. So Colton Dixon was on American Idol. In I believe 2012. Um, don't quote me on that, but I believe that's when it was. And he placed uh, seventh in American Idol. Um, he was the guy with all the crazy hair, the blonde hair, if you remember that, spiky blonde hair. And um, Christian dude. So it is uh, contemporary Christian music is what I'm in. And um, so he did that. 
And uh, he's been doing music ever since and been pretty relevant in the CCM world. Mm -hmm. Um, Colton is an amazing, amazing person, absolutely genuine. And what you see is what you get with Colton. And um, so we had dinner and, you know, cause I'm always weary of just everything. I want to make sure that like I'm working with, like, that was another thing coming here. I wanted to do music, play music and play music with the people that I wanted to play with, you know? And we just hit it off, started talking about movies like crazy. We're both movie buffs and that's kind of where it happened. But yeah, Colton's a great dude. I love Colton. Uh, John, he's in our band as well. And our band and whatever that means. Uh, Mm -hmm. John, he's a great dude. We have a really good crew of dudes. I'm extremely grateful and blessed to do this um, for a living. Um, It's been quite the ride. (laughs) Uh, we just started uh, the Winter Jam Tour. Um, so 41 uh, dates, uh, January, February, and March. Yeah. Um, Thursday through Sunday. And um, it's tell, a retail. Tell people how to, you know, where, where do they, you know, just give them, where do they find your touring dates? Where is there a website? Yeah, I mean, all of us have posted them on any social media outlet that you can possibly think. If you just search Winter Jam 2022, it'll pop up. Okay. Tickets for 10 bucks pop. So it's nothing crazy out there. And um, yeah, 41 dates. We just did West Virginia and we did Columbus, Ohio. Um, so we just started the, the first leg of the tour, mm-hmm. um, which is mind boggling to me. I mean, I'm literally living out childhood dreams right now. Um, you know, T-Mobile Center is on, it's in February, you know, and that bl- blows my mind because like that's been the dream since I was a kid is mm-hmm. to pl- like, that's the place I've always wanted to play, you know? Yeah. And it's crazy to think that that is going to potentially maybe possibly kind of happen. Yeah. Um, but through this whole process, I've tried to not make it, I don't want this to be about me. Like, I really could care less. Uh, yeah. I'm the dude who sets out a kit on a stage, but I always say it, it's like, this is a we thing. You know, I just see it from a different angle, you know, with there's the audience and the, the band are together, you know, it's viewed in a separate light for some reason, but we share that moment together. That moment will, that concert will never happen ever again, even though we've rehearsed it or whatever, that moment in time never happens again. And what we get to do is, you know, have people who are stoked to see live music come out and they forget about all their problems and worries, even if it's for our 20 minute set, that is all worth it. And for me though, being able to inspire, like I said earlier, I think during that one other part of the interview or whatever, like the biggest thing a musician can do is inspire another. And, you know, I'm seeing kids out there that are looking at me because, you know, I have a glow kit. It lights up when I hit it and they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And <laughs> if, if I get one kid, the whole tour to pick up a pair of sticks and have as much joy that I have had from doing what I love to do, mission complete, mm-hmm. mission complete. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, you know, um, it's really weird, like being in this. I'm not used to this yet. I'm not. But, yeah. You know, like, you know, people liking your photos and like well, all this weird. I'm not, I'm not into that. Yeah. 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 Um, 
but yeah, it's been quite the ride. I, like I said, I'm extremely grateful. I mean, that's the word that's been like through grateful. grateful. Yeah, that's cool. So you're teaching at school, of the rock Nashville, mm-hmm. you're, um, you, you're touring with uh, Colton Dixon mm-hmm. right now. Um, you've also done some studio recording work. Is that right? Yeah. I've done some of that. Nashville? Yeah. Not that- as much in Nashville. Um, okay. we're getting there. Okay. Um, Session work here is, you know, there's legends in town. Mm-hmm. So everybody takes the first like five guys. And mm-hmm. if they're not, then it's the first 10 guys. Right. Um, I have done sessions here, you know, yeah. and doing that. not saying that I haven't. Um, but, um, you know, yeah, I've been doing sessions in, you know, Kansas City a lot. Still do. I'll come back okay. and do those. Um, you know, I write my own stuff a little bit. We're getting going on that. And um, who are you doing that yeah. with? Just myself right now. Um, I'm just in the writing process of a drum EP and then something else that I'm determining what I want to do with it. Um, we'll see if I put my name on it or not. I probably won't. You probably won't even know it's me. Honestly, that's kind of the charm of it. So, um, but those are, those are just side projects right now. Um, mainly I'm focusing on, you know, I have a couple drum books that I'm working on. Uh, creating and it's probably looking like publishing's probably the next step on finding that kind of stuff out or getting that stuff done. Um, but yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. So yeah. So if they, so if people just Google Colton Dixon or if they Google, um, what was the name? Uh, Summer. uh, No. Oh, Winter Jam. Yeah. Winter Winter Jam. Winter Jam. Yeah. Winter Jam. Uh, my Instagram's Dylan Johnson music. Uh, pretty simple yeah. d-i-l-l-o-n because i spell it right um just saying <laughs> uh, johnson yeah. not not john stun but johnson s-o-n son. yeah, son. yeah no, i am no john son in no somewhere team. in my no lineage team. yeah yeah i was a son of john there uh, you go cool cool so yeah, what's yeah. what's up like what what do you see you know, for, in, in terms of the future, of course, you've got this, your, your touring schedule, that's mm-hmm. the immediate future. What do you, what do you, what are you seeing for the two years out? What are you seeing for one year out? Do you, do you look yeah. down that far? Uh, yes and no. Right now through everything that's going on, I'm trying to live day by day and understand that. Cause it, the one thing about being on the road is it's not forever. This will not last forever. I will not tour and do this forever, most likely. Most people, you know, they do it for, you know, tops 10 years. But there's some cats that do it, and I have no idea. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I'm just trying to soak that up. As far as the future goes, um, I have a gut feeling it's going to be great, honestly. (laughs) Um, I really do. Uh, I don't know what it completely looks like. I have goals uh, that I want to achieve um, both, you know, physically, spiritually, mentally, and financially um, for sure. You know, I think honestly in a couple of years, I'll probably have a house that I have some cool roommates with that provides financial stability and I can help out people when they come into town. Uh, You know, the man that's such crazy i haven't actually really thought about the future too much which is very weird because normally i am that guy um but i think i'll be doing what i'm doing i mean i've always been doing this i love what i do i I, 
it, it's so crazy how many people out there I hear that just hate their jobs and it sucks. And they're like, Oh my God, like they complain and complain. I'm like, dude, I get to go play music and I'm going to go teach kiddos later today and do all this. Like I'm stoked for what I do in life, you know, it's cool. Like I love, yeah, I love it, man. It's so fun. And it's never the same. Never the same. It's always different. Excellent. Excellent, man. Well, thanks so much for, for, uh, taking time to do this interview. Um, Absolutely. how about, is it possible? I know, uh, the folks that are watching right now, you know, we, we chatted about this. Do you think it's possible? You, you want to, you want to try to run a, run a solo or something like that for us? I have a low volume kit over here. I might be able to play some stuff. Dylan's got a drum kit behind him right here. Okay. Let, let, let's see what let's happens. see what we can do. This is going to be the part of the interview. Like people are like, what? Yeah, the world they're is going, happening? all right. This is okay, where they're cool. cleaning, driving their car, cleaning their dishes and just hang on for a minute. Right. I'll take you along <laughs> for the ride to my room. Let's see. Here here. I don't even know. I'm in. I don't even have a snare drum up. Oh, we have to get that guy going. Hold up. Snare drum and pair of sticks. And, Everything's always packed up, you know. Right. And while <laughs> while he's doing that, um, his uh, his Instagram, Dylan Johnson Music. Uh, you can actually like you just uh, last week or I don't know a few days ago maybe I can't remember you you posted probably a drum solo video, Dylan, that was close to an hour long. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was on uh, that was Facebook. Yeah. Was that on Facebook? Okay. Yeah, it was just me practicing. Every once in a while, yeah. there's this weird thing about it's not because I'm like trying to show off. It's more so that it's knowing that people are watching yeah. to where that I'm put on the spot a little bit more. Right. You don't want to mess up. And then on top of that, you're like, oh, like this forces me to kind of like stay here, yeah. you know? And do so I, I watched a good chunk of that. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, uh, you saw the drumming of the new Colton set is what you saw most of it. Yeah. I was wondering. So, yeah. Yeah. So half of it's like silence and me just going there, you know? Yeah. But, I don't know. Like, can you hear this? You know, I remember, you know, I grew up in the seventies and when I first started listening to rock and roll, I was listening to prog rock. Like mm-hmm. uh, you, you keep getting ready or, or if you're ready, but anyway, I was listening to, you know, like Kansas and Emerson Lake and Palmer and yes. And, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, and then even, you know, Boston sticks rush uh, those, you know, Ario Speedwagon, any rate, but Kansas was my favorite. Alexa turned better and, and warm white. And their, uh, their drummer was a guy named Phil Earhart. Oh Yeah. And he had, you know, had one of those massive kits, you know? Oh yeah. And he, you know, and they would, they'd have songs, you know, like one album could be three songs, you know? Oh yeah. And, For sure. and he I would love, go off I onto these super, that. super long drum solos. And right? I, I just listen to those things over and over. I didn't, I don't, I can't drum, but you know, I can't play anything, but I would listen to these drum solos over and over again. And just love, right. them, you know, <laughs> well, drumming is and when I go to, when I, when I went to too. Kansas concert live, mm-hmm. you know, it was so crazy to watch those guys play. It's just, amazing. Oh yeah. It's always, that's, it's so cool, man. Like drums is so visual. So it's easier to latch onto, I feel like than a lot of other instruments. Cause you can visually see like, yeah. Right. 
And then we always have that like poop face, you know what I'm saying? It's weird, like uh, mushed up face uh, for some reason, that stank face, as I call it, you know? Um, but anyway, I, I have no idea if this is going to work. So. Oh, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. Wait, hold up. You have. What do you think, Matt? Play it again. I can't. Come through. One more time. That's super distorted. Yeah, it's going to be too distorted, I think. I knew it. Oh, well. That's all good. Well, hey, all we good. tried. We tried. We tried. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was worth um, a shot, you know? Yeah. Well, I what we might do is uh, l- drive people to your Facebook page. Go Facebook or Instagram. And, I'm mostly. And had a I had a great post there with you doing like a super long drum session basically pretty much yeah i mean that's yeah. drum shedding it out man that's what check i do it, check it out very very fun to watch you do that so mm. all right well cool well, well thanks for Fred, i appreciate all the adventures you know yeah love i appreciate, you. All the appreciate love, you and uh love love to connect and and see you next time you're in kansas city um let's let's try to get coffee or something Absolutely. Let's do it. And then anytime, dude, I'm always down to do stuff like this. So, um, excellent. We can talk about aliens next time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Let's do a whole podcast on aliens. Right. We did that on the bonus question. So everybody, if you want to jump on the patron thing, we we do bonus questions with it. And by the way, what's your favorite alien sci-fi movie? Oh God. Just, we didn't do this on the bonus, but we did talk about aliens on the bonus questions. Oh man, I don't even, I don't even know. Like curious. I'm trying to think like alien. The funniest one is like men in black for me. Yeah. The original men in black, just funny, goofy, but I was definitely thinking of men in black. Still super creative. But the one that I love the most recently is called arrival. Oh yeah. 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 I love that. Holy crud. Yeah. That one was cool. Independence Day is a classic, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to count the Avengers when aliens start, you know, getting into the <laughs> the universe, we'll count that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Well, good to see you. Good to connect. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in to Spirituality Adventures. We'll see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. This concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Remember. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, and make a one-time donation, or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.